Hello and welcome to Raw Fork Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buxov, or just Dr. Book for short. I'm a community pharmacist and an herbalist dedicated to serving my clients in the best way that I know how. I'm bringing you this podcast to share with you like-minded pharmacists and herbalists that want to work alongside each other and share similar visions for patient care. Please enjoy the show. Hi everyone, this is Dr. Marina Book back with another episode of the Raw Fork Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope you've been enjoying the episodes thus far. I just wanted to touch a little bit on the situation currently with the COVID quarantine and social distancing and wanted to wish you and your family safety and most importantly sanity during this intense and stressful time for all of us. Um, For some ideas on what you can occupy yourself with during this time, I have come up with some blog post tips. So for that, you can head over to rawfork.com and sign up to my newsletter to keep up to date with other useful links and blogs. So just to give you some ideas right now, um, you know, show gratitude for your health and your ability to stay home if you have that ability. And if you're an essential worker, um, then thank you so much. You know, I also have to go into the pharmacy and it is a risk every single time. So I'm grateful for the moments that I get to come home and spend time with my family. So, you know, just say grace before eating or slow down and really consider about how lucky you are to have certain privileges and you know just be grateful for the good things that you still have in life rather than focus on the craziness and the negative aspects of which there is plenty um and then for some other tips uh you can start new projects that you never had time to before um you know to tackle at home i know i have a bunch and i've been doing them little by little here and there Uh, you know, some DIY or craft stuff with your kids or just by yourself or maybe some journaling or writing or catching up on sleep is also really good. And then you could still enjoy going outside even during social distancing. You can take a walk, you know, put your mask and personal protection equipment on, uh, go and take a walk around the neighborhood, go outside and smell the fresh air on your porch or veranda or balcony or terrace if you have one. And if not, then maybe your local park. You could still keep distance from other people, but you know, just spending time in nature or taking a short walk could be quite therapeutic. So in my case in New York, there's not much forest bathing to be done, but I do like to go out into the local park. Luckily, we have one right nearby to us, and so it does offer this reprieve. And lastly, you can challenge yourself and learn something new. You know, there's plenty of online learning available on all these platforms nowadays. I'm myself teaching some webinars, so definitely look into that. Again, rawfork.com. And, you know, just stay safe and keep learning. And yeah, I'm going to introduce the podcast now. So today I had the honor to chat with Dr. Candace Jeffries, pharmacist, wife, and mother of three. We laughed and cried in this emotional episode about overcoming family trauma and living gracefully by shining the light we each have in us. We talk about the power of listening and changing from the inside out. Dr. Jeffries has worked in retail pharmacy world for 31 years, graduating with her doctorate of pharmacy in 2001. She's taught women's Bible study for 15 years and has a passion to help women live their best lives. She left retail in 2018 after her son had a severe adverse reaction to a medication. She felt like the doctors were too quick to prescribe medication without getting to the root cause of the disease, and being the educator that she is, decided to start her own wellness business called Remedy Wellness to educate, inspire, and empower people to truly take care of the bodies that they were given. 
She specializes in perimenopause and depression and anxiety. You can find her at drcandacejeffries.com. All right, thank you and welcome to the episode. All right, hello and welcome to the show, Dr. Candace Jeffries. How are you today? I'm awesome. How are you? Awesome too. I mean, considering the stuff that's going on, I hope everybody is safe and sound in your family and in your yes. workplace. They're just bored. <laughs> <laughs> but we're all safe, so that's good. That's good news. Yeah. All right. So why don't we lighten up the mood a little bit? Why don't you introduce yourself and a little bit about your background and where you hail from? Okay. So I, um, I'm a mom first and foremost, I have three kids, 20, 18 and 16. So two of them are adults that don't think they should have to stay home during this crisis. But anyway, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started working in a retail pharmacy when I was 16 years old and I graduated from pharmacy school in 2001 with my doctorate and I've always worked retail. And, um, a couple years ago, a big chain bought out my little independent pharmacy that I had worked at forever. And so I went to work for the big chain for a while. And the first day I worked there, we filled 720 prescriptions and I didn't get a lunch break. I didn't get a bathroom break. I didn't know what I was doing as far as their computer system. And I came home and I told my husband, I'm going to kill somebody. And I just, this is not what I went to pharmacy school for. So yeah. <laughs> So I started doing nursing home consulting, which I really love, but that kind of got me into the whole consulting world, which is a completely different world than, you know, retail pharmacy. <clears throat> and a couple years before, well, the year before um, I quit working retail, my son was actually really depressed and he, we put him on medication and it made him suicidal. And so we did a genetic test to see which med would be best for him. And it came back that he never should have been on the one he was on. And wow. so we switched him. And now I'm thankful to say that he's not on anything now. He's perfectly fine now. But, um, but that really like, got me into pharmacogenomic testing, which led me to nutrigenomic testing, which led me to really focus. I've taught Bible study at my church forever for 15 years. And so I really love women. And so I really focus on women. I focus on perimenopause because nobody warns you about that time in your life. Yeah. <laughs> when, your, when your kids are going nuts and your hormones are going nuts and you're like going through reverse puberty. So I really <laughs> focus on hormones and stress and anxiety and depression and all that good stuff. So. Wow. Wow. Quite a story. Okay. So let's break it down a little bit. Um, all right. So you first got interested into, in the, you know, pharmacogenomics and the neutrogenomics field after your a son got diagnosed with something with depression, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, how did you then transition from pharmacy away from even consulting or do you still do consulting? I still do nursing home consulting. It helps me support what I really love to do. Okay. Nice. <laughs> so, because I, I just started my, like my perimenopause business um, in September. So I've only been in business for six months. Okay. So I still do nursing home consulting and I do PRN work for retail. Um, just, you know, to pay rent. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Got to do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. So, okay. So you decided to start your own business consulting women and is it mostly one-on-one -on -one consultations or do you teach classes or group, uh, you know, group memberships or how does it work? Right. Yeah. Right now it's just one-on-one. -on -one. Everything's one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. So. Great. So how does, how did that whole process work? Like deciding that this is going to be your niche, that this is what you're really passionate about. And how did you kind of support educating yourself through all the modalities that are out there? So it started, um, yeah, it's been a long journey. It's been an interesting journey with like, it's, it feels kind of like a dance, you know, if something doesn't work, then you take a step in the other direction. And Last year in April, I went to a Metapreneur Summit. Mm, I don't know if I you've heard, heard of Metapreneur. Yeah, so I haven't attended, but I definitely heard. Yes. So it's basically medical people who want to think outside the box and be entrepreneurs. So I went to that and 
I met a couple there, a husband and a wife. The husband is a business, has a business degree and the wife is a pharmacist and had her own consulting business. And I asked them if they would be my business coach. And they're like, well, we've never done that, but we could. And so I started working with them. And when we started talking about like my ideal client, you know, they were like, oh, because your son has this story, do you think that people who are depressed and suicidal are your ideal client? And I'm like, no, I feel like it's more their moms, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And so I don't know. We just kind of, we looked at my avatar in the business world, entrepreneur, you have to know who your avatar is and that's your ideal client. So we really looked at who for me, what is my passion and who who is that for me? And once I like nailed that down, it was like, oh, well, that's easy. This is what we need. And this is what I can do. So then as far as training, um, for the genetic testing part, the lab that I use had amazing training online. And so I just watched all their videos and, and really self-taught myself. And even when I first started the hormone thing, I was really just teaching. I'm a nerd and I love to study. So I was just teaching myself a lot, but then people were coming to me with different problems. And I was like, I really need to uh, broaden my knowledge base. So I joined the school of applied functional medicine Mm -hmm. and it's been absolutely phenomenal. And I had got a business coach, um, Anna Garrett, who does what I do and has for 10 years, nine years. And so she's really helped me both on the business side, but also on the clinical side. So. Wow. Amazing. So how long is that program where are you still going through it? I'm still, I just started it in January. (coughs) So it's, um, if I want to get certified, I think it's like a two year process, but it's phenomenal. I've learned so much craziness. (laughs) Yeah. I heard that it's a really good program. (coughs) So as far as the testing goes, do you have to be in a collaborative agreement of some sort with another practitioner to order those tests or how does that part work? No, thankfully I don't. I actually, when I first started, when I first started, I was trying to work in a doctor's office and I had a doctor who really wanted me. I actually had two doctors that really wanted me to work in their office, but the administration wasn't, you know, wasn't on board. And so, so yeah, I, 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 I don't have a collaborative practice agreement with anyone right now. Now I did talk to a nurse practitioner yesterday because with hormones, sometimes you need prescription strength, Mm -hmm. you know, testosterone is a prescription only. So I think in the future I see, I see me, you know, having somebody that I can at least refer people to if they need those kind of things. But none of the testing requires a physician. It requires a license. So it requires an MPI number, but not necessarily a doctor. Mm -hmm. (coughs) So uh, walk us through your typical appointment. A person comes in, do you always order lab work and testing? Uh, Do you always, um, you know, interview for the physical? Is there a spiritual component? Like how does the whole session work? So typically people find me, it seems like on Facebook more than anywhere and or word of mouth almost everybody that i've had has been referrals and so i send them paperwork that's a really pretty thorough i used to use a 17 page wow. <laughs> intake form i've i've like okay maybe that's a little too much yeah <laughs> so i can be like that <laughs> yeah but i mean it was so great because they're you know i think a lot of times people come to to you because of one specific thing, but in functional medicine, you really start to get to the root cause of things. And so when you see their whole profile and health history, you can really say, hey, I feel, I feel like this is going on. This is probably the cause of why you're here for hormones. Um, so anyway, so they fill out the paperwork. My first consultation is always free and I really just listen and uh, see if I think that I'm right for them because there are some patients that I can't help because I don't, I don't have the tools in my toolbox that they need. So, <clears throat> um, so I really listen. Uh, and then I have different programs. You know, you can do just a hormone test with a consultation. You can do just a genetic test with a consultation. Or I have a 12-week program where we really hone in on um, 
you know, spirituality, diet, exercise, stressors, habits, mindset, all of those things, which to me is the best program because it gives me time to really get to know them and it gives them time to process and take baby steps towards a really path of wellness rather than just putting a bandaid on something, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. <clears throat> so do you find that testing is necessary for everyone or are the symptoms enough in some cases? Um, I don't do, I don't run tests for everybody. Um, I have found that there are certain times when I definitely like we need to run a test because I think this is what's going on, but I'm not positive. But like I had, I had um, a college student come to me over Christmas break and she wanted to get off of her Prozac. And I was like, okay, well, I don't really need to run a test for that. I know what supplements you might, you're probably lacking. And I definitely know what we need to supplement while you're weaning off of the Prozac. And she actually texted me the other day and said, people keep asking me how my anxiety and depression is through this whole coronavirus thing. And she goes, honestly, I feel better on the medication that you've put me on, which is, aren't, isn't even medication, but she's like, I feel better on the medication that you have me on than I ever did on Prozac. So so I don't do, and I, I, I mean, I don't do tests for everybody. Okay. So uh, in order to either, you know, recommend a certain course of action for a person, uh, do you usually uh, also go through a medication therapy management as part of it? And is your goal to get them off medications and onto supplements? Or what is the usual, you know, goal of treatment? Well, I think every individual is unique. And so some of them aren't on any medications. Um, the ones that are on quite a few medications, I definitely, I mean, it's really hard to see a person one time and say, hey, let's get off your meds. So that's more like my 12 week program. Um, <clears throat> but I really feel like now that I'm in the School of Applied Functional Medicine that, that I'm gonna just take appointments and not just necessarily have a 12 week program or a one time program because my goal Yes, my goal is absolutely, if I could get everybody off of all of their medication, I would do that. Um, to, my goal is not to get everybody off of medication and get them onto supplements. My goal is to teach them that your body is created to work perfect in the environment that you put it in. And if your body isn't working perfectly, then it's telling you, hey, I don't like something about my environment. <laughs> And whether that's the food that we're eating, the lack of exercise that we're getting, the stress that I've had two clients quit their jobs because I'm like, hey, it's up to you. You can keep going to that place every single day and feel the way that you feel. Or if you really want to feel better, then your body is telling you this is not working for me. So, you know, I think every person is unique. That's what I love about what I do because I feel like at the retail pharmacy, everyone was a cookie cutter, like, mm -hmm. oh, you have this lab work, so this is what we're going to put you on. And I don't feel like that's what my practice is about. It's about, I really want to listen to you and let's really get to the root cause of why, you're ha why you have to be on all this medicine in the first place. How did you get here? And right. how can we reverse that? And how can we get back to a path of wellness um, physically, spiritually, emotionally, so that you can feel good and feel, I think we're supposed to be, feel fantastic all the time. I really believe that. So. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm glad they have you as a support system. <laughs> well, so, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad I have them because they're all pretty awesome. What's the most profound, you know, part of the therapy of the consultation what do you find like in the 12-week program for example is, is it the job and the stressors is it the exercise is it a more energetic and spiritual quality to it i honestly think that it's that i listen i've had several clients say you're the first person that has just listened to what i have to say and you know, I, I love medical doctors. I'm not slamming medical doctors. I, I mean, I went to the doctor Friday because I'm sick and they did the Corona test on me and thank God I tested negative. But anyway, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not against doctors at all, but doctors, because of the system that they're in, they have about seven minutes to spend with a client and you can't learn what you need to learn to help someone. And you certainly can't educate someone in what they need to be educated on 
in seven minutes. I mean, if, if I'm doing an hour session 12 weeks in a row and people still have to come back after that, then, you know, this path to wellness, it takes time. And I would say the number one thing that we deal with is stress. I mean, we live in our, our bodies were created to fight or flight. <laughs> you know, we're, we're created, if there's a bear chasing us, we're created to run and survive. Yeah. But we have so many perceived stressors. We put so much stress on ourselves. Um, and I don't know if that's because of social media. I don't know if that's because of um, just perfectionism in our culture. <laughs> But I mean, people, when I'm like, just take a deep breath, breathe in. Am I doing it perfectly? It's like, you don't have to do it perfectly. Like quit stressing out about that. You know, I mean, and I just think Americans are just high strung and stressed out. So I really work on stress management, but I'm very, I'm a very spiritual person and I have very strong spiritual beliefs. And so I personally believe that we're also in a war between good and evil and we have an enemy that's wants to kill, still and destroy. So I, I, we definitely look at that perspective too of what's going on. And, you know, I think that when we can keep our eyes focused on the positive and on the, you know, instead of looking at all that we want and can't have or all that we wish for and don't have, if we can just embrace all the beauty around us that we have, I mean, yeah, it sucks that we're stuck inside for, you know, four weeks or whatever, but it's four weeks. And I mean, it's, it's such a nice time to like play games and do the things that we're like, Oh, I wish I had time to do that. Take a walk, you know? So it's kind of well, nice that everything's distancing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I figure out in nature, there's plenty of room for all of us to take a walk yeah. away from each other. <laughs> so, but just to get back to nature and get back to, to God and creation. And, um, yeah, I think, I don't even know what your question was, but yeah, but I, I focus on that. I definitely do. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, which city did you say you live in again? I live in right outside of Kansas city, Missouri. Okay. Yeah. So I'm in New York and I can definitely relate to like all the high strung, you know, overachieving type A personality people that, you know, tend to congregate here and just go for their dreams, but end up burning themselves out because, you know, it's humanly impossible to just go, go, go 24 seven. You need that rest time, you need um, that gratitude. You need to sit back and absorb all the things, you know, instead of just go, go, go. Well, and one thing that I know about women, because I've worked with women so long, is that we are so awesome at taking care of everybody else. And we're not so awesome at taking care of ourselves. And I honestly think that a lot of women, and I'm really talking to moms and wives, but I think a lot of women feel guilty if they practice self-care, if they take a bubble bath or and read a book at night or light a candle that makes them happy. And they feel like they're, they're, they feel guilty. <laughs> and, yeah. and I mean, ever since I had two kids while I was in pharmacy school. So I feel like I've had kids my whole adult life. And, <clears throat> and I never, ever, ever felt bad about leaving for a weekend and scrapbooking with my friends. I go scrapbooking every six months and wow. my husband loves it because he knows I'm, I'm better when I come back because I've done something for myself. And I think we can look at that and say, well, that's kind of selfish, but it's, it's not selfish. It's self-care. There's a difference, you know, and we're so selfless so much of the time that we really need to learn to practice self-care and we need to slow down and we need to look in the mirror and see the beauty that's there, you know, and our bodies change. They change. I mean, I'm never going to be 20 again. I got three kids and I got stretch marks and I have hail damage on my butt and that is just <laughs> reality, but I have an awesome life. And so, and I have a beauty that, that it's so much greater than what my outside looks like. And so do you, and so does every person. So yeah, that's amazing. Just owning every part of you, you know, no matter what judgment you have towards it, just knowing that it's you and you probably wouldn't have it any other way anyway. No, I just so. embrace life. I mean, life is wonderful. It's meant to be wonderful. So yeah, what an amazing attitude. Yeah, I wish more people had that attitude because a lot of the time we just 
we could see that on the outside, like, hey, how are you? You know, but nothing. But underneath that, a lot of people are like silently suffering and, you know, being anxious or covering up some kind of health issues because the nervous system is actually giving them physical symptoms after that. So, so it's amazing to see somebody that's actually like shining and authentically saying. Well, and I'm not saying that I don't have hard times. I mean, when my son was suicidal and I didn't mention this, but I'll just go ahead and say it. Both my kids have given me permission to share their story. But the reason what sent my son into the tailspin that he went into was that one of his best friends sexually assaulted my daughter. So, okay, I'm going to cry. But so I have this going on with my daughter. And then I have this going on with my son and none of that was easy and none of it was fun and none of it was, Oh, this is fantastic. I'm not a like flake like that. <laughs> like life is fantastic. Life is not always fantastic, but you can, if you can take a step back and say, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? And what are my kids learning and what can I teach them about people and about God and about themselves? What, what is the silver lining in this? And my son is actually studying to be a missionary. And the whole time he was going through that, I was like, Garrett, you're in a battle and you know, <laughs> you need to fight. And, and he has come out so awesome on the other side of my daughter, you know, she was like, where was God mom when that happened? And so we really have some really great talks about that people get to make decisions, you know, and, that doesn't always reflect God. And so I just think, I, I don't want you to think that I'm just over here with my pom-poms going, life is always grand and you never have any reason to be anxious or sad, or I think we need to embrace what we feel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. grief is a real thing and it can be grief over the death of a dream that you had. It can be grief over the death of a person or the death of an innocence or, I mean, grief is a very real thing. And I'm not saying don't grieve don't feel, don't, don't be anxious. I mean, all of those things are normal for us as humans. I just think that we can train our mind to take a step back and say, okay, I'm in the middle of this and it's not good. And what can I learn from it? How, how can I like shine the light for other people in the middle of my darkness? Because people aren't really drawn to you when everything is fantastic in your life. People yeah. are really drawn to you when, life is hard and you still have a smile on your face. And they're like, where does that come from? Mm. And so I really just, I mean, like I said, I'm a very spiritual person. So I, I want to shine the light of God. That's what I want to do. I want people to know that there's something much greater here going on. Yeah. <laughs> and there's always a silver lining. Always. We just have to take a step back and, and see it. And sometimes that takes a moment. I mean, when I was in the middle of that crisis, I wasn't silver lining it. I was like, I was like doggy paddling, just trying to survive. Then it took about a year after the whole thing was over that I was like, Oh my gosh, what just happened? <laughs> what was that? And, and really started thinking about, gosh, we all went through that as a family. I mean, all of us, all five of us went through that whole thing and it just brought us so close together so sometimes it's after the fact that you realize what the whole point of the trial was. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing. And I'm so sorry that your family had to deal with all of that and how it affected you guys. But on the plus side, like you were saying, I mean, it's amazing that they shared these, you know, things with you because some people would try to hide or be ashamed of it and cover it up and then, you know, spend years and years and years in therapy. And, you know, I'm sure that that was part of it, part of the healing. But the fact that they were able to confide in, in the family and the parents and the siblings and all come together as one to deal with it, that must have been a blessing in and of itself because it wasn't just her alone or just him alone. It was all of you together. So that's definitely like something that not every family has. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. You're, you're making me cry, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I think as a practitioner, people will open up to you if you're transparent and I have always been transparent with my kids. I mean, I made some really stupid mistakes. I did some really stupid things when I was growing up and, but I would never try to hide those things. I never expected my kids to be perfect. And I never try to hide those things from my kids. And I mean, 
my goal has always been to have a strong family because my, my family broke up. And so I probably really focus on my kids and my husband and that. And I think that's so important. And I think that a lot of my joy comes from us as a family. And I don't think my kids are happy to be home, but they have no idea how happy I am that they're home, you know? <laughs> so yes, I, I, but I think, I think that as practitioners, if we're not honest with our clients, if we're like, you have to eat it perfect and exercise perfect. And I don't do those things. I mean, I wish that I could say that I eat vegetables all day and exercise, you know, five times a week, but I'm realistic and I don't, but I'm still feel like I'm, very healthy and very well spiritually mentally and physically I take care of it you know what I mean yeah I don't have to do it perfectly so there has to be that transparency for people to be transparent with you you have to be transparent with them and I think if we strive for perfection we're going to make ourselves miserable and we're going to make everyone around us miserable <laughs> yeah yeah definitely that's <laughs> definitely a theme of those like go-getters and especially like you said women that try to do it all you know have a career have a family you know have children and take care of everything and excel at every single area that's when they realize you know actually i do have to fill my plate first and i can't be perfect at everything because i'm human and like we all can't expect that of ourselves and of others around us. So it's like that 80-20 golden rule. Like, you know, 80% of the time you eat well, you know, 20% of the time you have a little treat, you know, even though it's not the healthiest thing for you. Yes. Yes. I, I mean I I totally maybe 90-10. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely not a hundred zero. Right. You know. Right. That's I mean, important. we have to give ourselves grace. And if we don't give ourselves grace, we're not going to give anybody around us grace. Yeah, so. that's definitely, I find that issue a lot within myself and within, like I said, like a lot of the society, what they expect of people, especially you women. And that is just an impossible goal. So you'll always be miserable because you can't attain that 100%. So if you set a goal to 95, 90, you know, 85, 80, you know, at least you can reach it. So you go, yeah. you know, you meet yourself where you are. Even if you start with 50, 50, 60, 40, <coughs> meet yourself there. Well, and I think the key is just not beating yourself up and not being all or nothing. Because I think if you're like, okay, I'm going to start this exercise program and then you don't do it a day and you're like, oh, I'm a failure and you don't ever start again, then you know, you're never going to be where you really want to be. And I, I, there's a book called Atomic Habits. I can't remember who the writer is, but, um, but he talks about, you know, everyone at the Olympics, everyone, their goal is to win. So right. it's not even about goals. It's about what they did before they got there. You know, it was the habits that they created in their lives to get there. And, if our habit is beating ourselves up because we're not perfect, then we're not, we're not going to train properly. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to get better. Absolutely. So I think every single athlete, my daughter is a college athlete and I've just watched her from the time she was five years old play softball and her dedication is phenomenal. But there's been times where she didn't, <clears throat> didn't really practice and, and she didn't get to play and it really kind of, you know, she could have just been like, okay, well, I'm never going to play again. That would have been a travesty. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, she picked up her bat and went outside at home and started just hitting balls on her own and, and did what she needed to do to get back to being better. And um, she's a freshman in college and she's played almost every single game, at, which is awesome for a freshman. So course her season got cut really short because of Corona, but she was doing really she was like third in the batting in the batting average for the whole team so but I just I look at her and I think gosh what if she would have been disappointed if she didn't get to play that game and just decided it wasn't worth it right and us as women we're the same way like exercise is is there's so much pressure on women to look good mm. and on the outside <laughs> and not a lot of um, talk about that. Beauty and not really age. Does. Yeah, and not age. But beauty really comes from the inside. You know, I mean, if you spend time with 
I have a really good friend who was severely burned. I still don't know what happened to her because I feel like if she wants to talk about it, she'll talk about it. But her face is, and she is the most beautiful person that I have ever met because she has such a sweet spirit and she's so kind and caring. And so, you know, I, I think it's up to us women. I feel, I hate it when women are, you know, showing their boobs and their butt and like, you know, and that's, we're just so much more than that. We're so much more than that. And beauty really does shine from the inside out. So just quit looking at the magazine covers because we ain't never going to look like that girl. <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah. doesn't mean we're not beautiful. Yeah. Plus beauty's in the eye of the beholder too. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. The values that you place in it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I am also a fan of Joe Dispenza's work. So he says, you know, you can't do the same thing and expect a different outcome. Just like what you were saying, you can't have the same attitude of beating yourself up and then expect something different to happen. So you have to change that mindset for yeah. things to start shifting and for you to see different results on the outside. So it does come just like beauty comes from the inside out. Yes, and I think we need cheerleaders. You know, I feel like I'm a cheerleader. That's what I do. I'm an encourager. And, and I'm like, you can do this. You can do it. So you've messed up this week. Start again. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times, you know, maybe somebody didn't have that from their family, like those cheerleaders that believed in them and that actually did want these expectations of perfectionism or like reaching mm -hmm. higher and higher. So that's why they didn't get that from their family family, their parents, or their caregivers, or their friends, so they never developed that for themselves, and so they do need people like us, health coaches, consultants, um, you know, providers, to, to give them that, so that, that they could learn that, and develop that habit, and then they won't need us anymore. Well, and sometimes it's their husband that requires perfection, that expects perfection, yeah. you know, and sometimes it's about training them to be like, hey, I'm human. <laughs> and so are you, you know, I mean, can we agree to disagree that we're not, you know, we're not going to be perfect. Yeah. So and uh, yeah, and sometimes I think women think that their husbands expect them to be perfect. And they have a lot of fear wrapped around Well, I don't want to disappoint my husband. I and I want him to think I look good. And, you know, and and I'm like, okay, well, let's really take a step back and look at that. That that's fear. And so where is it coming from? And it does, because I know that I was in counseling for a year about over something that happened to me long before I got married, but I was totally putting that on my husband. Mm. And, um, and my dad left my mom after 25 years. So I was just like waiting for my husband to leave. And, and that, that, those were all my fears. It wasn't anything that he was doing. It was just my perceived fear of what was going to happen. And so I think, just helping people see like, cause we can get crazy in our mind. <laughs> <laughs> we can as women, we're so emotional and we can, we just, I think everybody can just get so wrapped up in what they think. And it's not really reality. It's, it's fear. That's not warranted fear. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know. It's fear because of something that's happened to us in the past that really doesn't have anything to do with what's going on right now. But we, see it as this is what's going to happen but just because it happened then doesn't mean it's going to happen now so and just helping them see that yeah again it goes back to being the cheerleader but also just speaking truth because yeah. it's so easy when you're on the outside to see Absolutely. what's going on and it's not easy when you're in your head to see what's going on so they just need that extra voice and yes to get them on the path to where they don't need you they realize how awesome they are and that they can do this and they were made to do this yeah. Yeah. Being it from a different outsider's view perspective is very, very different. And you can give them some insight because sometimes they could just project things, make a whole matrix of things that, you know, is just in their head and not in reality because they have no basis or evidence in the current, you know, right. life to, to have those thoughts. And maybe give them some supplements to calm that glutamate and increase that GABA. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta give them what they need. Um, yeah. But I agree with you also about like filling your own plate before trying to fill everybody else's, because then you're just going to spread yourself 
thing. So it goes back to self-care and just like that airplane analogy with giving yourself the oxygen mask and then you could take care of everybody else. Because if you're out, then you're just no use to anybody, including yeah. yourself. It's like a pitcher. If you pour it out to everybody and it's dry, you have to go fill it up yeah. before you can help anybody. You have to go fill it up. And if you're, you know, if you're the pitcher pouring out to everybody, where do you go to fill up? And that's different for everybody. I mean, yeah. I like to retreat and get away and be with God and, and do fun things. And, you know, some people want to be in nature. Some people want to shop. Some people want to get a pedicure, you know, I mean, everybody's different. Not there. anymore. Not anymore. No, no. You can't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're going to have to do your own toes today, sweetheart. <laughs> and so if that doesn't bring you joy, you're going to have to figure something else out, <laughs> but please don't drink a pitcher of margaritas. <laughs> You can have your husband or, or your kids paint your nails today. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's not the same. <laughs> but you can enjoy the fact that they're willing to, I guess. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how we talked about the spiritual or energetic and the nature component because, again, God and like spirit is different for everyone and it doesn't have to be religious, but it's just the fact of like being appreciative and joyful and have the life that we do he have here and, you know, giving thanks for what we do have instead of focusing on what we don't have. Yes. So shifting your perspective there again. And then also, um, you know, whatever you believe, good or evil, God, devil, or whatever it is, um, right. it's all different, you know? So as long as you're connecting to that source and like, you know, that you're part of this earth, you're part of nature, you're part of everybody else, you're part of humanity, you know, you're part of something bigger and that like gives me comfort and, you know, same thing with God that, that gives comfort. You're part of a spiritual being, you're, you're part of like a higher consciousness. Mm -hmm. So it could be in, in, you know, different religions, different philosophies, but just a part of like, you're not alone. You know, you do have connections here. Well, that's just it. here. Yeah. We're all in this together. Yeah. I mean, we can... I, you know, you can get on Facebook and everyone's so divided, but the real, the reality is we're all in this together. Yeah. And it's, I mean, life, my life affects a person, another person, and that life affects another person. And it's energy. I do believe it's energy. And I mean, negative energy affects people, positive energy affects people, and we affect each other and we need each other. And we're all in this together. And so instead of like fighting it out and fighting over what we don't think the same. I think it's best to like unite in what we do believe the same and, you know, love each other, just love each other where we are. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I love that analogy you used earlier about like shining your light for other people. So we could all, you know, if our heart is in the right place and we're trying to do the right thing, it does have a ripple effect for other people. They can either take that light directly from you. They can get inspired by you and they could shine their own light. Yep, that's my goal. Yeah. Shine the light. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> All right, so how do you usually see clients? Is it online or do you prefer in person? <laughs> well, I prefer in person, <laughs> but I've been, the last two weeks I've been doing everything through Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I thank God for technology. I even had Bible study <laughs> online last night. I taught, I taught like 15 people through Zoom. It's interesting. It's definitely a different dynamic. But, um, but I prefer one-on-one. -on -one. I prefer giving hugs. I prefer touch, you know, I mean, I think that's what we were created for. So. Yeah, absolutely. But I can do, I can do virtual visits too. Yeah. Yeah. The in-person definitely has that special spark, you know, like that eye contact and just like the presence and energy. But I agree. I mean, it's so great to be still able to reach people and do our work online from the comfort of your home. Like that's a blessing. Yeah, like I have pajama pants on right now. No. <laughs> I have sweatpants on. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So what is your vision for the future of your consulting company? And what is, what, what is the name? Tell us again. Remedy Wellness. Awesome. Um, you know, I think as an entrepreneur, I should definitely have a vision and a goal. But I really just... I just take one day at a time. I don't, I just try not to, when I really like, when, when people ask me questions like that, like my business coach asked me, like how many clients do you need to see and how much do you need to make? And 
that those kind of things stress me out. And so I just, I'm like, hey, I'm doing really good today. <laughs> and as long as I'm doing good today, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And if it's, if it stops working, then I'll tweak something. Yeah. And that's really how I've done my business ever since I started it. Because it started as an online business. <laughs> and then I got um, an office six months ago. So um, I don't know what the future of my business is. I don't hold the future in my hands, yeah. so I don't have to worry about it. I just... I'm just doing what I'm doing today and it and it's good and it fills me it fills me up. It brings me joy. So much more than counting pills in a retail pharmacy did. Yeah. Um, and so I know that I'm on the right track in that sense. Yes. So you're letting it just like flow organically and just developing as it goes. That's awesome. <laughs> Nothing wrong I'm with kind that. Of a free spirit if you can't tell. I'm yeah. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Well, as something is clearly working, so just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. If it, it's working, I'm only, what, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? All right. So what would be your advice to other pharmacists or students, perhaps, in pharmacy school that are seeking this kind of alternative um, pharmacy role or, you know, non-traditional consulting role? Well, I feel like the future of medicine is functional medicine. Um, I, I, there's even in the school of applied functional medicine, there are a lot of MDs going through that program. So I feel like we would be doing ourselves a disservice not to really look at that and focus on that. Even if you're working retail, you know, there's so many, um, nutrient depletions when you take drugs and just learning what those are. So when you put somebody on a statin, make sure they know they need to take fish oil or, you know, yeah. <clears throat> when somebody's on metformin, make sure they know they need to be on B12 and, and just educating yourself on those kind of things. Um, and I didn't know that. I didn't know that six months ago because <laughs> we weren't trained that way. No, you know what not. I mean? And so um, I would say educate yourself, find a good program. Um, and the School of Applied Functional Medicine for the money is been amazing. Um, just a little plug for them. <laughs> but uh, I, I, this was a side gig. I, I still feel like it's kind of a side gig for me. And that's okay. I think you it has to start that way. I mean, I'm not making pharmacists pay. I, I mean, I'm making more per hour than I did as a retail pharmacist, but I'm not working every hour, yeah, hours a week, exactly. you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's nice because I do have more free time and, and time to learn and, and do those kind of things. But, but don't be afraid to step out of the boat and just walk on the water. I mean, don't be afraid to take the leap and just try it. You know, um, pharmacists make enough money that they can, they can try it. And if it fails that, you know, if they've lost a little bit of money then it's not the end of the world you know so uh just don't let fear stop you that would be my biggest my biggest you know advice piece of advice is because I think it's easy to say well like what if what if what if that doesn't work what if what if and and then you're stuck in this role where you're absolutely miserable and 10 years from now you're like man I wish I would have taken that leap and just Mm -hmm. tried it yeah (laughs) Absolutely. That's exactly how I started. You know, you take one or two days off per week and you, you start learning, you start mm-hmm. building. Yep. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's a journey. It's not an, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. <laughs> Just like life. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I always say speed kills. Yeah. Because I, I think in our culture, we want everything really quickly. Gratification. But yeah. Nothing Instant. good really happens overnight. I mean, no relationships happen. Good relationships happen overnight. No good job opportunities. Just, you know, I mean, if something does just land in your lap, then you're fortunate. But I think hard work pays off and, you know, just sticking with it and and having a dream. I mean, I, I don't have a vision for my for my business, but I have a dream. I have a dream to help women. I have a dream to, you know, be uplifting to people. And and so that's, I'm just doing what I know to do to do that. Yeah. Well, Martin Luther King didn't have, you know, a plan either. He had a dream. So you're, you're doing something <laughs> right, like I said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So if you just have a few more minutes left, I have a few rapid fire questions left for us. Sure. Okay. Uh, what's the number one thing listeners can do to improve their quality of life right now? Um, slow down. 
love that love that just and, slow down and now is the perfect opportunity you know I mean, to stay home and slow down <laughs> it's landed in our life unless you're a medical professional and then you're you're probably especially in new york you're yeah, probably yeah. not slowing down yeah so but when it all subsides in a month, which it will, yeah. this coronavirus will not last forever. No. Um, then, you know, just slow down. Yeah. Life isn't a sprint. Yeah. It's a marathon, so take your time. Yeah. I mean, that's the silver lining, I guess, of corona. The fact that, yeah, it, it's, it had to force us to slow down, and that may not be good for, you know, small businesses and things like that. But, you know just appreciate it for what it is if you're you know blessed with the opportunity to stay healthy and just stay home then just do that and slow down you know well and I think it's a perfect opportunity for people that do have a lot of money to help those little business owners that are struggling I mean it's a time to really share love and to share what we have yeah. and to care about others and quit looking at ourselves so much and start looking outward yeah it's a time like you said to come together you know and we're not all separate and just to share the wealth you know share what we have share our resources especially like with the everybody panicking and going to the store and buying everything out you know you know it's don't great. buy everything for yourself you know leave the masks for the medical professionals that have to see sick people and tend to sick people you know, share the resources in a mindful way so that the people that need them get them first. Yeah, so that yeah. I'm not wiping with my t-shirts. <laughs> you could get a fashionable bidet, though. <laughs> I actually bought one of those for my mother. Yeah, see, so <laughs> those businesses probably skyrocketed as well as um, reusable diapers, I think, too. <laughs> Goodness. Anywho, yeah, humor is very good as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> laugh, laugh, and, and incorporate joy into your day every day. Yeah. What's a favorite hobby or pastime of yours? Um, I love to scrapbook, and I love to read. I love to study. Cool. Because cool. I'm a nerd. I really, yeah. truly am a nerd at heart. Awesome. <laughs> um, what is your favorite beverage? Uh, sweet tea. Tea. Nothing beats that. <laughs> I'll drink it unsweet, but I prefer it sweet. Yeah. But tea, any kind of tea, I'm happy as long as it says T-E-A on it. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> All right, so lastly, how can our listeners learn more about your work and get in touch with you? Um. So my website, I have a brand new website. just came out this week, actually. Ooh. It's drdrcandisjeffries.com, and... Uh, everything's on there there's all kinds of ways to get a hold of me on there so okay nice so I'll have all that in the show notes again thank you so much for joining me today and good luck to to you and your endeavors whatever you know that future holds for your business good luck well thank you so much for having me you are absolutely beautiful thank you you too <laughs> bye all right have a great day you too as always please send any questions inquiries requests to me, my email is marina at rawfork.com or just go on my website, rawfork.com. Leave me a note there. Thank you and have a great week ahead.